Hi, I'm Corey. I'm Bill. And together, we host the In Focus podcast on Zoom today. On Zoom today, we are zooming. Yeah, we're zooming. We're like everybody during the pandemic. I guess you could say I'm a Zoom director now. Yeah, I'm sorry. I I am too. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry. An, an acquired taste that I don't wish to acquire. Today on the Unfocus Podcast, we have writer, director, editor, Luke Dye, an all-round great guy. <laughs> that rhymed. That was that was good. That was good. <laughs> that wasn't my intention. Oh. No, that's all good, man. Oh, wait. Um, I can't believe I just forgot this. Before I start, so I'm I'm moving to a new house next month and I was um I was packing up like my DVDs. Yes. And I came across the work of Bill Cornelius oh, Volume no. One. Oh, oh no. look at that. I'm you know, sorry. It was, personally si- <laughs> it was sir it was signed to Luke. Four point seven gigs of awesome. <laughs> <laughs> that is Bill, so awesome. Bill I totally forgot about the, the at least the signing of it. What I put on there—that's <laughs> really funny. I, it, sorry to disappoint you, but there will not be a part two or a volume two. That's what I was worried. I was—I was going to ask, "Where's my volume two? <laughs> I don't think it's ever going to happen. <laughs> the fact that volume one is even out there floating around is like <laughs> how how much for me to get a copy of that? I thought you had one. I have a copy of my computer. Oh, that's even worse. And Lavorcia. <laughs> that's not good. I don't think I have like a, a collection. I don't have the series. Well, I've got a box full of them that I did oh, not give oh. to anybody except to select <laughs> special people. So I don't even have to like bribe Luke for a copy. You just, no, I, you have one. I can, no. I can give you a box of a hundred of them. If I you think want. I'm good with just you, one. You just need a metallic <laughs> Sharpie and you're set. Yes. I, I still have my metallic <laughs> Sharpie, so I'm good to go. So Luke, uh, that, that brings us to, uh, you and I have known each other for a while. Uh, we've worked yep. together on numerous projects over the years. Uh, so how, how did we meet back in the day? We can start with that origin story. The origin story of the bills and the Lukes. I, I mean, yes. I think it was a, <laughs> it was a 48, a 48 hour film festival in Nashville. Yeah. That was, I think it was, uh, the film payday, like that Western yes. that we did. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and like, uh, Chris Blanton was directing that mm-hmm. and you and I were on the hunt for the prop that we had to have. Right. It was like the, the wagon wheel. Yeah, the wagon wheel. That's that was the prop that we had yeah. to have. So you and I went to like this antique store, and we were like, "Where are we going to find a wagon wheel?" You know? Yeah. Uh, and but we did. We found like this cart that had a wagon wheel on it. And we did. They yeah. used for explosives in that cave. That you know. Yeah. This was like back in two thousand seven. Wagon. Yeah. Wheel. Like I got the invite to work on that 48 through MySpace. If that gives you any time content, that is so <laughs> wow. amazing. Yeah. That's great. Wow. Chris Blanton messaged me on MySpace. Hey, I saw that uh, you do film and you're in Nashville. Yeah. But so that, was the, that was the, but that was the start of a lot of things. I it mean, was, yeah. We met um, Scott Moreno, who uh, just an amazing actor that like did multiple, you know, like a project for, for me and for Zach Adams. And, yeah. 
and all that. And I mean, yeah, I think that kind of little mini project spawned a lot of stuff. Yeah, it, it did. Yeah, that was, uh, and, and I remember when you and I were hunting for the wagon wheel that we kind of like connected over making films as kids and, you know, eighties movies and like all the stuff we, <laughs> we both liked, Absol- like that was the connection. <laughs> Absolutely. We were, we were, we were like trading baseball cards, like, but we're, yeah. we were trading like our, like our, our films that we have done in the past. Yeah. Yeah. That was great. Like you were like, Oh, like, Oh, you like, yo, here, here's young fighters. Can I have this countdown to Christaka? <laughs> shutting you know? down Christaka. <laughs> shut up, shut down Christaka. Yeah. Yeah. For for those who don't know, and it will be most of you, uh, that's a film I made when I was fourteen. <laughs> oh, <laughs> all right, mini VHS. So one of my personal favorites was the Legend of Zelda. Oh, of course. Where you, yeah, where you were Link and um, your sister was Zelda. That was that was that was epic. Yes, that that's been mentioned on this show a few times. I think. Where In, I, any I chance here. that is on volume one? Absolutely not. <laughs> not. None of the really old stuff. Yeah. No, so, you did a like. Do you did a uh, like a, a Vimeo? Was it a Vimeo? Uh, oh, like the, the the series. Uh, yeah, the little uh, like the the BC films. The history of yes, the history of BC films. That's when. That's when I saw it. That's yeah. when I saw those clips of it. Yeah, those are all uh, in a box, a giant box of tapes in my house yeah. now. Yeah. Along with your work of Bill Cornelius, Volume One for Corey. <laughs> yes. yes, your hundred copies. <laughs> nope, so. just one. Just one. Just one. That's yeah. that's yeah. That's better that that's way. Okay, I think I think the Pisonis still have a hundred copies of the Narc Enigma in their office. Yes. <laughs> Speaking of the Narc Enigma, let's start with your origin story. How did how did you get interested in film? Like, what what brought you to this place? Um, I think. Gosh, man, I, I mean, I really had to go back and, and think about this. I mean, I think it was like around, it was 94, 1994. Um, I wasn't big on filmmaking, but I was big like in like martial arts. Like I took oh, Taekwondo, right. I took Judo, Hapkido. Um, and my buddy, uh, my high school buddy, Mark Foster, who took a martial arts also, uh, kind of asked me, he was like, hey man, have you heard of Jackie Chan? And I was like, no, who is she? I mean, at the time, I mean, like J- Jackie was a girl's name, and this was before like he made it big in like Rumble in the Bronx and Rush Hour. Yeah. And I had no clue who he was. I mean, he was he was like, "Hey, man, my brother gave me VHS, VHS copies of like all his films. You want to borrow them?" And then like I did, and I was just like blown away. And I was like, I was fifteen, and like these were like the coolest things I've ever seen. Um, especially like the early ones where they had like had no budget and it was just all about this fight team choreography. Yeah. So I, I told my buddy, I was like, we could do this. We should do this. And he was like, Oh, it, oh it's going to be, that's how he talked. He talked really fast. He was like, Oh, it's going to be awesome. <laughs> that was sort of our mantra. IGBA. Became, yeah. IGBA. It's going to be awesome. And it became our mantra like over the summer as we filmed like our first film and it was called the young fighters. Yes. And pretty much like every film after that, like at, it was the mantra for that film and every film we did after that. And it was like so much fun to make with, with like your friends just doing fight scenes and stuff. And it was a horrible, horrible movie. <laughs> but like, I mean, I remember editing on the, the classic two v- VCR system, yes. you know, where you hit, you hit play, you hit record on one, you wait two seconds and you hit play yeah. <laughs> and you just, you hope you don't get that little rainbow squiggle. Oh, I've become a master prominent. of that at one point. Yeah. Yeah. 
There's an yeah. art to that, a lost art. The, there is a lost art to that. Yeah. You know, but uh, that's where I got started. I mean, like that's the first film I did, but I wasn't, I wasn't sure if it was going to be any good, but I remember going to a friend's like party and finally showing it off and like everyone loved it. Like you had, you know, uh, peers just standing up, just trying to watch it. And I was like, this is what I want to do. Nice. Nice. You know? And so we pretty much made a film every summer um, to like 2000, 2001. Yeah. So, you know, for like five, six years, we did, we did that. That's awesome. Yeah, and I have seen most of these because uh, you and <laughs> you and I had a what we called a retro fest. Yeah, we had retro fest, <laughs> and man, like boy, watching like all that stuff—I mean, that makes you delirious. <laughs> like, yeah. you're, like, you're like, we need to step outside for a moment, you know? <laughs> we don't smoke, but uh, we would have taken a smoke break in, in between yeah, some we, of those films. We really would. We really. We just need like an oxygen break. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, we you we know. basically uh, watched because we we have such similar backgrounds with like you know making these VHS movies with friends that we, we got together and just like I showed one and then you showed one and then I showed wasn't yeah. that how it was? Yeah. yeah, it was. Yeah, it, it was, was a marathon. It was back and forth. Yeah, yeah, yeah. it's a that, lot. That's wild. It, it it you did need to come up for air at a certain point. It was. Oh, I'm yeah, sure. Yeah. I'm sure. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, so you made it. You made a whole series of young fighters movies. Yeah, uh, I made a trilogy. I made a, a a vampire martial arts movie somewhere in there. I made a slasher film and a sequel somewhere in there. Yeah, those were sort of my like retro films. Nice. So then, at at some point, uh, you went off to college. Obviously, is that is that something that you were trying to pursue? Um in college is that what you like you were like seeking a film program i mean i i sort of was i was trying to figure out what exactly kind of what route if i was going to do that like kind of what part of the uh, kind of the professional business i wanted to pursue i mean there was directing there was editing there was writing like which way i wanted to go yeah um you know, so when I came to college, when I, you know, MTSU, Murfreesboro, go Blue Raiders. Um, <laughs> yeah. Uh, I remember I was like, I just shot Young Fighters 2000. And I was like, you know what? Young I do Fighters not want 2K. to do. Yeah. Yeah. YF2K. Uh, I do not <laughs> want to do the two VCR system. I was like, I want to find a place to edit. Yeah. So the the girl that was the, uh, God, what? I hate to say this, the girl that was the, um, the prologue kill in my, my slasher film, <laughs> she introduced me to Scott and Matt Pisoni, yeah, uh, who were the, um, kind of the gurus of the, the news, um, like the broadcast like the room. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And, uh, they were like, Hey man, you can edit your film in here. Uh, so yeah, that, that's what, that's, that's, that's sort of what I, I, I did. And that was sort of like my big thing over any, uh, classroom was just like, I got to get back to the, like the newsroom. I got to edit Young Fighters 2000. I, and I, and I remember, <laughs> um, they always made fun of me cause I started, I was editing this movie and it was just getting longer and longer. Like, <laughs> 
I think I think the max VHS at the time was two and a half hours on SP. <laughs> yes, SP. And I, I didn't I, I didn't want to go to EP because I was like, oh man, I'm gonna lose quality. So I asked, I asked Scott Bassoni. I was like, hey man, can you can we? Is there a way to like? Because he was like a techie, and I was like, hey man, can we add more tape to this VHS? Is that possible? <laughs> he was like, um, I don't know, man. I don't, I don't know. <laughs> like, you know, you just might want to cut some stuff out. They still make fun of me to this day about asking for more tape added to a VHS. What, what a polite response, though. Like, um, I don't, I don't think so. When he knew, <laughs> he knew, he knew full well. Like, no, yeah, I think you need it. to take oh, a different no. route. <laughs> you, you moron! You fool! Yeah, and nobody like, wants no. to do EP. That was like EP was like, hey man, yeah, I shot I shot 4K, but I'm gonna have to transfer this and. 240p 1080 yeah. yeah yeah exactly exactly and luke was that um, the was that the first time you had met the pasoni brothers it was and um yeah and they were just i mean god like i always talked about like man i wish i had a pocket pasoni because they were just like so brilliant <laughs> yeah. you know like they were just uh, you know it's uh you know one was just so tech savvy and one was so just uh like management management savvy you know yeah um and I, I mean, I also met like Scott Jackson during that time who was yeah. doing the, uh, the WMF, the medium rare, which was the wrestling show on the local access. Nice. And we were editing back to back. Like it was like, um, like both of us were playing battleship or something like as we were editing <laughs> and we would like look over each other's shoulders. Like, what are you editing, man? I'm like, Oh, I'm editing this fight scene. They're like, what are you editing? I was like, Oh, I'm editing this guy doing a, uh, you know, uh, people's elbow, you know, like that, that's, that's kind of what it was. And we, and we both kind of gained respect for each other. Um, and because of that, like, uh, YF2K young fighters, 2000 had a big like wrestler following. Oh, nice. because, oh because of that yeah, connection so with that. Yeah. Yeah. Which, really was, which was really cool. So, uh, but because of like meeting the Bassonis and Jackson, like, they helped me with my purse, my first professional film, which was, which was Leto. Leto. Yeah. So on the road before, before we get to Leto, like, so you got into writing at a, a certain point. Um, when was that screenwriting? Um, I think, well, I mean, it was just, you sort of learning, you make young fighters, which had no script. You make young right. fighters forever, which had a little bit of script. Like I would go like to an church outline. and, yeah, yeah, I go to church. This is so bad. I go to church, and you know, like those little operatory um, <laughs> envelopes that you know, like you put, you're supposed to put your operatory in. Yes, I would start writing script on excellent it. <laughs> or fight scene like duck, upper cut, swing kick. You know, on there, and like I still have a folder to this day of all that stuff. I mean, but but like as you got older, you start you start to I don't know. You, you want to make your films a little better and better it started with a fight scene but then you're yeah. like okay why why is there a fight scene yeah okay well who are these people having the fight scene you know and then it just became more about it became more about the script yeah and you're so, i i've told you this before and i know you're very humble but you are a phenomenal screenwriter like i oh, well, thanks man i remember when you and i would like occasionally swap scripts for, to give feedback I, I would always like angrily throw your script down when I was done because I was so mad it was so good. I was just like, "This is not, so good." Ah. I did not know that. I did not know that. I oh did not yeah, know you did that. 
Cause, cause we, you were like, we were both looking for feedback. Right. And, and my feedback yeah. to you would always be like, uh, there was one monologue that maybe was a little too long, but everything else was mad, maddingly, maddeningly perfect. Just like, <laughs> like, so the beats were right. Like everything tied together in the end, just like the most immaculately written stuff. Like everything I've, I've read from you, just like. You, you crush it in, in writing. <laughs> uh, thanks, man. Thanks, man. I, I, and I, I think I forget, um, I forget that craft, you know, I, you know, I was, I was, uh, I was so eager to kind of get to the production or the, the mm-hmm. post-production of, of that. Um, but you can never overlook the, uh, you know, the first stage yeah. of, of writing. So, you know, I mean, I, I think, I think it was, you know, in, in college because like I would give my scripts to the Bassonis and I, you know, like I valued, you know, Matthew's, uh, opinion on stuff. And he, if he gave me like notes, it was like, come on, Luke, I know you can do better. I would get really, personally. yeah, yeah, yeah. But, um, but, but, but because I knew like, I, you know, it would make me, yeah, because I knew it would make me better. Yeah. Um, that's awesome. But that's why I was really with Leto. Like I really try to fine tune it as best I could. Yeah. And that was another script that I feel like was just like, I guess concise or like, like the way you write is very, uh, like spot on. There's, there's not too much fat in there ever. It's always just like, bam, this is it. And I, yeah, I, I appreciate I, that. I, I think, well, I, I, I appreciate uh, the compliment because I think what it is, is if I, I just think about like, if, if I was reading this and it wasn't my script, you know, like what I like, what would I want to read. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you know, that's, I mean, that's really um, what it comes down to. Yeah. Cause I'm like, Oh, is this, is this, um, am I giving, Am I talking too much? Am I trying to dumb down the audience? You know, like I, I just don't want to do that, you know? That's awesome. And so you, you had like a stint in LA for a little bit, right? Yeah. I basically, yeah. Tell that I, story. I didn't yeah. I didn't, it's unfortunate that I, cause I didn't move out there because I like, I, uh, because of my, because I wanted to pursue, um, this business. I, I mean, it really, I moved out because my mom saw my, my tattoo and she freaked out. Oh, really? and I was like, <laughs> and I was like, I got to get out of here. So then I moved to LA, <laughs> you know, um, she was like, yeah, I can't believe you got a tattoo, you know, like sort of like that. And I was like, um, yeah, I gotta go. Um, so I moved to LA and I, I did try to become a writer. Yeah. You know, I spent my days pretty much jogging Malibu beach and then my nights writing. Yeah. Um, what were you writing? Just, uh, just ideas you had or script I, you know, I had ideas? a script. I had a script and I wish I could find it. It was very much like, uh, that movie crash before crash came out. Oh, yeah. Okay. Um, but I, I can't like, I've all, I looked for it and I couldn't find it. Um, which I'm bummed about. Like yeah. it's probably, on a drive that I packed. <laughs> oh know? yeah. Um, but I mean, that was, I mean, that's all I did in LA. I mean, like I had no money. Um, and I like, I had like one job out there and it was like, 
through my friend's wife's brother, I got a job as a PA on the very first P9X yes. set of videos with Tony Horton. Yes, which I have done yeah. the workout. You've uh, done the workout? Yeah, you, you've got a great uh, story about eating Pop-Tarts on the set. <laughs> no, no, yeah, I loved I, it. it was, well, because well, because Tony Horton, man, he was a cool dude, but he was like shredded. Like if you like remember like your like, biology books, and you see that human body with like the vessels and the veins, yeah, like he was like the living embodiment of that with just like, a thin, la- thin, la- that thin layer of skin over all of yeah. that. Yes, exactly, exactly. <laughs> um, but I, I was trying to curious him because I was like, I was probably, I mean. I mean, I was probably a buck 50 out there. Cause I mean, I was eating like canned tuna and I was running like all the time, Yeah. but, um, I was trying to coerce him into telling me that pop tarts were okay to eat. <laughs> and he was just like, no man, like the sugar intake, you know? And I was like, but Tony, like if you don't eat a lot of them, you know? And he's just like, no, but I just remember like not. I was, yeah. Yeah. So I, I could not get that to fly. But I was probably, other than like his background um, talent that was like in there to like, you know, okay, come on people. And he was like the background, but I was probably the most in shape person on the crew. So they made me like do that mid pull up while they set up cameras. I'm like, all right, we good guys. You were the stand in. I was the stand in for Tony, which was like very uh, complimentary at the time. Nice. Um, but that was basically my LA adventure. I mean, but you know, like, you go there and people are nice, but a lot of them are like that fake nice. They're oh, yeah. like, you know, like that kind of like, what can you do for me? Yeah. Kind of to get into the business out there, you know, and like you to try to get, to try to become a writer out there or anything. You have to kind of sort of have a referral. Yeah. And even then it takes like months or kind of years to, for your story to get any sort of traction. Yeah. So I was like, you know what? I can write anywhere. And I came back. Mm-hmm. And is that when and you started working for River Media? Or when did that start? You know, I, I, I worked at River um, right out of college for about a year. Like I was like uh, like an assistant editor. Yeah. And then I became like a kind of a, a freelance. But then I became full time when I came back. Um, gotcha. And I was there for like. I was there for 15 years before I moved over to the production hive where I'm at now. Gotcha. Um, but I did something really cool while I was at river, which was a, um, and I don't think a lot of people know this. It's, uh, it was a film. I did a film at river. I edited a film called the devil, you know, and it's a film by directed by James Oakley, who was the stepson of D Haslam, who was my former boss. Mm-hmm. And the film was kind of in this kind of post-production roller coaster. They just didn't know how to tell that kind of the story, I guess. I don't really know the specifics or like, I don't even know how it fell into my lap. I think maybe D knew I was like into film or whatever. So here I am. And in this big budget film and it's starring Academy award winner, Rosamund Pike. Oh, wow. And I, and I could be wrong. And I believe it was also like Jennifer Lawrence's first like acting debut. Wow. And no, I never heard about that. Yeah. Yeah. Like if you look at IMDb, like that's the film. I, I did that film. You could like, you could find it. And I, I even like think I like saved the screenshot of my name on the opening credits where it says editor Luke die right next to Rosamund Pike as she's like in serious acting mode. That's awesome. Uh, like that was like 
probably when I, I look back at my uh, my tenure at River, like I was like, that's it was it was awesome so, to do something like that big. Yeah, and so like if, just for the people that don't know, like the history of River Media or what what they what you did there, like what what all did you work on? Like what shows did you work on for what networks and just as an editor. I did a lot of um, like just that the how-to shows for like HGTV. Yeah. Um, but every now and then you get like the cool stuff like Well Wars on um, A and E um, or Escaping Polygamy. Yeah. Um, and but that that was stuff is really cool. Now I'm at the Production Hive, which is a lot of the kind of murder doc shows. Which um, right now I'm doing Storm of Suspicion for Weather Channel. Nice. Um, You've been doing Which some is, Weather uh, Channel yeah. stuff for a little bit, haven't you? Uh, or you did yeah, at yeah, one point. The, yeah. The, yeah, the last Weather Channel show I did was Fat Guy in the Woods. That's right. Yeah. River. <laughs> yeah. Didn't Wes Human uh, work with you on you, that? Or he, he helped did. a little? Yeah, yeah the, human, the, the human did work with uh, with me on, on uh, Fat Guys. Nice. Yeah, that was a good time. But yeah. So what, explain, I, I didn't realize you weren't at River anymore. Um, so the production hive, what, what is, explain what that is. Well, originally it was called Jupiter. Um, and, but, but basically like its biggest draw is snapped, which is on oxygen. It's just that, that show that, you know, kind of basically women killing their husbands or oh. <laughs> their lovers, you know, yeah. um, but it is, uh, yeah. And, but I mean, they're, but they're really kind of growing. They do a lot of stuff. I mean, the last stuff, when I joined, I did a show called, uh, fourth and forever muck city, which was a, um, a show about high school football. Um, but I really enjoy what I do now. Um, and they, they, I mean, you said it's more like a lead type role. Yeah, yeah, I um I became a lead editor on the uh, the Storm of Suspicion. It's been, Storm of Suspicion. Storm of Suspicion is a uh, a show on the Weather Channel call about like people that try to maybe murder somebody during a natural disaster or a heavy. Uh, That's so specific. Event. So it's either, <laughs> yeah. So it's so it's either like oh you know I'm trying you know I'm going to kill somebody during Katrina to hide it. Or it's, or it's, you know, it's because of this natural disaster that the, um, the investigators are able to solve it easier. Yeah. You know, something, you know, footprints in the mud or in the snow or whatever. So what a wild concept to like connect like (laughs) a true crime type show with just a weird connection to the weather channel. Yeah. It, it is. And I, and I think, I think what it came down to, and I could be completely wrong. So this is maybe not a fact, but you know, I think weather channel was like, okay, what kind of show can you bring to us? Uh, <laughs> <And they're> like, <laughs> that's yeah. weather related as well. Yeah. That's Obviously. weather related. Here we go. Here it is. So, and it, I mean, it's on its third season, so must be doing something. You know, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Apparently it's not uncommon to <laughs> kill someone during a, you know, turn a sleep storm. Who knew? For our <laughs> yeah, listeners, we do not suggest that you. Right. <laughs> Check out yeah. the show, but 
Yeah. Don't do it in real there life. Will, Don't do that. Yeah, there, there will be a disclaimer. <laughs> yes. So are, are they under the discovery umbrella, that, that whole thing? or No, they're not under the, the discovery umbrella. Uh, they do they do shows for Discovery. Oh, okay, gotcha. Does Kristen still do stuff with them, Discovery? That that is a whole other question. Uh, oh yeah. Well, we can <laughs> ask her. We can have her on the show. <laughs> there you go. No, and she and she can tell you. And yeah, she can yeah. Tell you. She she did work for Discovery. She's freelancing right now for um, another company, and she may be she may go back, but um, because Discovery is like you can work with us for a year, but then you have to take like three months off and then you can bounce back. Oh, it's huh. a, it's a <laughs> interesting business model. It is. It is. It is. So like switching gears for a second, uh, Leto. So we, we alluded to Leto earlier. Uh, this was your first like debut short film. That was like a budget, uh, like a yeah. substantial crew put together. Uh, you reunited yeah, with my, the Pisonis and <laughs> yeah, it was like, it was my first professional production. Yeah. Um, 30 minute film. It was a 15 K budget because I, I blame that on Matthew Pisoni because he was like, look, we're going to have to build a whole motel room set. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but Jackson and the Pisoni bros, like they came in to lend their magic and, and you came on to shoot the behind the scenes. I did. Yeah. And I was, uh, I was, uh, a silhouette in the doorway. Oh, oh, nice. <laughs> cause, cause I was the only guy that was like available. That was thin enough to actually have the silhouette read on the floor. I think it was <laughs> cause the actual dude, cause it was the big guy. It was supposed to be the big, like abusive guy. Yeah. Um, yeah. And he was too big to read as a shadow in the doorway. So yeah. you guys had me stand in and you, you can't tell it's not him. No, I, I don't think I remember that. That's great. Yeah. That's a good, that's a good behind the scenes, behind the scenes without even remember. Yes. Um, but, um, but yeah, we shot that what over an, a long weekend. I think it was like yeah. four days. I think it was like three days and, and, and then one days of pickups um, like mostly on a soundstage that like you did actually build that motel room or the, yeah, the motel set. Motel room that, yeah. It was one motel room that acted as three motels. Yeah. Two motel rooms, you know, and then we did, we did one day of the exterior of the motel in, uh, Smyrna. And like an actual right outside of Murfreesboro. Yeah. Cockroach right motel. Of Murfreesboro. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, which was awesome. Uh, yeah. But, yeah, but the, but the film was yeah it was it was so much fun to do. Dude. It was yeah, um, and then it did the whole festival run, and it did well enough. But man, like even film festivals are like a weird place too. It's like everyone's talking about their next film and all that. It's like they can be like mini LAs. Yeah, you know. <laughs> yeah. Um. So I mean, kind of after that, I was kind of like not really interested it was like more pressure than it was fun. Like I love doing the shoot, but the pressure of like the aftermath, it just takes a lot out of you, you know, the, the, the marketing and the release aspect and the yeah. networking. Yeah. There's like, yeah, there's just all that work and all that care. And then somebody go like, Oh yeah, that was cool. So anyway, my film is like about this, you know, yeah. person. Um, so 
that's why, like, when I came back, I just wanted to, like, get that Leto gang back together. And then we did the um, the Seas with yes. the infamous Zach Adams of Skydive Films and the 48-Hour National Film Festival. Yes. We, we, we reunited on the 48. We did the 48 again uh, as directors, you and I. We, we, were, we co-wrote yeah. and co-directed Seas. Uh, which was our 2010, was it 2010? I think it was, uh, it was the 48 hour. And, yeah, yeah, uh, I think it was 2020. Yep. Yeah. And we had, uh, Scott Pisoni was the DP, uh, Zach Adams producer that, that was still to this day. That's one of the most fun shoots I, I have been on. Like that was a blast. That was a, like a really, really fun weekend. It, it was exhausting. Cause I remember you crashed at my house and we we you know when you're writing directing and editing a 48 you're the guy who doesn't go to sleep like you're that was the first awake through the whole the first thing time I've ever, that was the first time you've ever gotten mad at me and i can't remember what it was about what was it about <laughs> i don't remember I, I, think it, I think it was like i just i just wanted to stop editing because i was so tired and you were like dude we have a deadline or something like that that sounds <laughs> like, like bill so yeah yeah i was like i was like i'm so tired bill well, I, I, I was so tired, and I, I guess I, I do get I do get a little crunchy when I've been tired. Crunchy. A little, well. a little crotchety and crunchy. And crunchy. <laughs> spiky. Yeah. Yeah. But, yeah, we that film cleaned up. We did really well that year. Um, yeah. Won a lot of awards, and, and then we kind of pieced out. <laughs> we haven't done it since then. Yeah, but that was the film. What was it? The film that uh brought back like the famous character like your alter ego oh mike buffontaine yeah explain give a little insight to mike buffontaine <laughs> please so uh f- for those who don't know i had a podcast previous to um this podcast years and years ago you can't find it anymore so don't even try <laughs> unless you have myspace in the year 2008 um, so I think Tom, I think Tom is the only person that has, <laughs> I think Tom even quit MySpace. <laughs> but, uh, I, uh, I, I, I played a comedian, a washed up comedian character, uh, just as like a fun bit as like an interlude in between, uh, bits of this podcast. And, uh, it, it was just so much fun to play that character that I actually portrayed him on screen. And like a short cameo and sees. Can we can that we get was a like, sample? That was weirdly a big hit for a lot of people. As like the two seconds I'm on screen, that was a lot of people were talking about that. It was such a hit that when we made the DVD to seize, oh, you right. did a uh, a commentary just as that character. <laughs> that's right, I did. Yeah. That <laughs> is is Mike Buffontaine available? Is he around? He's he's around. He's uh oh oh you mean for this podcast? Yeah, I suppose oh, so. Yeah. I need a glass of water I, before I do this though, because it hurts my uh my vocal cords it's scratchy. You know? <laughs> Smoking a lot. <laughs> Mike Buffontaine's harder to do in the in this day and age. The Me Too movement, his his, like his comedies, his not. comedy is not is not pretty crass <laughs> but uh yeah that that was that that whole shoot was so much fun um that was. I, really I think was. fondly of it um and so you know you you've occasionally worked with me and zach and and that team yeah you helped out on hear me now uh well, that was the thing. yeah that was the thing because because of that 
because of C's, it led to the the Zach Adams skydive project, which was uh, National Rises about the National Flood. Yeah, right. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. I'm losing yeah, my, I can't I, remember the sequence. It's been so long. Yeah. Cause I, cause I think that was the first time I actually worked with, work with Zach was, was on seas. Oh yeah. 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 It was like, it was like, you know, like, Hey man, I got this documentary. I want to do one. Like, and I, you know, like, yeah, 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 yeah. You can just kind of just, um, <laughs> you know, I got, I got some footage and I'm just, I have an outline and you're like, maybe you can like take a look at it, you know? Um, <laughs> no, that was like Red Bull Zach. Sorry. After he walked like five miles, um, 10 miles. But yeah. I'm right. Yeah, 10 miles. Sorry. Sorry. It didn't want to come short there. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I just remember going, like, during that time, I was, like, going through some personal stuff, and he just gave me this footage, like, just this drive of all this footage, and he was just like, you know, I was like, do you have a script or, or whatever? He's like, no, man, it's all good. You know, you got free reign. I trust you, Luke Dye. And, like, but, I mean, to Dyke's credits, I mean, he gave me, like, an, the overview of what he wanted, and he had, like, the voiceover written, which helped. But yeah, I mean, I remember like, I just worked like nonstop on that documentary for about like a month and it was like a really good escape. And yeah. my goal was just to like make Zach happy because like, I love Zach happy. He's got this, that, that infectious positivity that yeah. you can do anything, you know, oh, yeah. like you, you got it, Zach. you got it, man. You got it. Um, <laughs> and it turned out to be a really good doc, I think. It, and it yeah, was just, I did. Um, and then that led to your doc, which was like, you know, which was hear me now, yeah, which is almost hear me never considering how long it took. Uh, oh yeah. Uh, Trust me. Nobody <laughs> felt that more than I did. <laughs> um, I just remember like you, my, my favorite uh, memory of that was like, you did like your second interview of that and you were like wiping the sweat from your brow. Yes. Like, okay. You're like, okay, I think that's it, man. I think we got it. Um, <laughs> yeah. I mean, can you, I mean, yeah. Can, I mean, can you give a little insight on, on like during that time? Oh, they hear me now. Time? I, yeah. Just just during that time when I was trying to edit and trying to give it back to you. Cause I, I really, it's hard for me to remember. It was, yeah, that, well, that was like six years of my life was just that film. Um, cause we, <laughs> I remember you cut the first trailer we did, uh, like yep. a year in the shooting, uh, uh, Craig Cialli, who's a guy in town, like did did the logging of the footage to kind of help you out because um, he wanted to be a part of the the doc. And then I, you cut a trailer, and the tra- I remember the trailer was like coming in 2012, <laughs> <laughs> and then of course it comes cool. out in in 2016. So oh my god, yeah. But I remember uh, that. <laughs> but we we were still like so far away from having it done, and a lot of that was. One, me self-funding it and running out of money repeatedly through the project. Um, and also, when you do a documentary of that kind of scope, you have to rely on people's schedules. And there was, we interviewed people from all over the country. And, you know, traveling cost money, took time. Getting people just pinned down to do it took time. Like, we, we would drive, like, nine hours down to, like, southern Georgia to do one interview in a hotel room and then drive back. Like there was stuff oh like that goodness. going on on hear me now. Like it was a lot. And I remember it, it had taken like you had committed to editing it because you know, in my mind we were going to get it done in a year. And then like 
it was taking so long. You you got caught up in all kinds of stuff. Like you were doing your your actual work, like yeah. <laughs> getting. I just got. I just got, got busy. caught up in life. Yeah, yeah. and so. But I, but I was committed. I was committed. You were to you, committed. Bill. Yeah, and so uh, I at one point I think Mike Stryker he talked about this. Like he he called me at one point. Like we're talking four years in to the production, and he was like, I. Hey Bill, I would like to help you get through post production. And so suddenly he like he 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 graciously funded uh, the kind of post production process, hiring like a f- fresh out of college MTSU student, uh, Owen Jackson, who who like cut the whole thing together from beginning to end, um, just to lay it out. Because I remember you you came back to me and you were like, "I'm still committed to this, but uh, it would be really helpful if there was like." at least an assembly that, that I could work on. Yeah. And so, yeah, cause I, I, I couldn't do the natural rises again. Like I couldn't, yeah, I, yeah. Just couldn't, I just didn't have the time, you know? And so I just didn't have the time. Yeah. And, and I, I actually edited the first 20 minutes of it, which, which have remained unchanged through all the <laughs> editing. So it, fun fact, if you watch, hear me now, the first 20 minutes was cut by me. Um, there you the, go. the rest was Luke and Owen. Uh, but, but like Owen did this big assembly uh, and delivered it in a, in a timely manner. And then I passed it over to you for, for the, I guess the second time, like you, you hadn't been with the footage since 2012. And then this was like 2015 or 2016 even. Um, so you got to revisit the film all over again and do the polish and do all the title effects and, um, do all that. And I remember I needed, cause we announced on the news, a premiere mm-hmm. date uh, for the film at the Bell Court before the cut was done. <laughs> I don't know if you remember that, Luke. Uh, no pressure. No, you no. were you were still working on the final polish um, when I was on uh, the local Nashville news, being like, "Yeah, come on down to the Bell Court on November 3rd. <laughs> and and like the the whole time, I'm in knots. Cause I know it's still, you know, you're still working it's on still it. Still not done. Yeah, and and I remember I I would I was texting back and forth with you. I was like, you you think we'll have it right? Like we'll have like a cut we can look at. And you were like, yeah, yeah, I got it, I got it. And and I kept having to pass you like last minute stuff, like like pieces of music and people's title changes and and things like that. And you were like, I got it, I got it. And at no point you ever you, you never told Luke like, oh, and by the way, on. Fox 17 or whatever like uh, yeah <laughs> I have committed to a premiere date <laughs> yeah he never did he never did like there was not there was none of that pressure it was like just this <laughs> hidden bill pressure I guess yeah I I was in a magazine talking about it with the date in there like the like <laughs> Na- Nashville uh arts magazine like like oh, did a man. whole story and, and like it's uh, not done you would have had me freaked out dude if I known yeah like I'm, the I was pr- I was saving your your heart from that experience. Well, you, well, you handled it well. You were like, hey, man, so are you going to get this done by this time? So, yeah. And you did. So good deal. And you got me a Blu-ray copy that was to be screened at the Bell Court, I think, the the week before the screening. Like wow. you, Because you, you had to mail it. You had to mail it to me. And yeah, I was I like did. waiting for it. So that for the audience, Luke is in Knoxville. I am in Nashville. They're three hours apart. Um so yeah, he had to mail me the Blu-ray and I remember the day I got it, I like almost wept. I was like, it's here. <laughs> <laughs> and then I, and then I had to like test play it 
<laughs> just to make sure there was no glitches. And then I had to test God, play so, it at the Belcourt. Like it was, it was wild. I'm so glad that worked out. I'm so me glad too, man. I, I appreciate your help with that. Yeah, dude. I'm, I'm really, I'm really glad. And it, it, it was, I was honored to be a part of that project. Yeah. Thanks man. Like it, and it's, uh, you know, it's gone on to be on prime and be in schools and libraries around the country. I, I still get DMS on Instagram every now and then from somebody oh, yeah. in like New Jersey who saw it in like their class. Like it's crazy. That's, that still that, happens. That is crazy. Yeah. That is crazy. So it, it, I would say it was worth the, the blood, sweat and tears. Yeah. Yeah. And like hearing that story, it, it makes it worth it too. Oh yeah. Yeah. That's, that's what makes it worth it. Oh, like yeah. not even any monetary stuff. Like the, the impact it had on the, the audience. That's what it was about. Yeah. So, um, after hear me now or, or during hear me now, when, when were you working on little Ponderosa zoo? Um, or how did that come about? That, yeah. The timeline's a little, um, in your words, it's a little crunchy. It is. Um, <laughs> There's a lot of overlap. I feel like <laughs> with all this. Yeah. Uh, so I was doing like, I was doing like a bunch of like films for like the Knoxville film festival, just kind of for fun. But Chris Bland, who was the director of Payday, mm-hmm. introduced me to uh, Kurt Willis, who is oh, a writer yeah. here in Knoxville. And he and um, Bland had directed a baseball film that Kurt wrote called Amateurs. Oh, and so yeah. I met. So he introduced me to Kurt, and Kurt and I became really good friends. And he kind of brought me on the, the edit. Um, for this kids feature film called bandit and the saints of dogwood, uh, for this company out in, out in LA. And it was directed by Brooks Benjamin, who also went, who is also an MTSU alumni. Oh, um, and so like the, the, the company out of LA, like makes these kids films for like a hundred K budget and they like distribute them worldwide. Uh, but that film led to little Ponderosa zoo, which was, probably my like my favorite project i have ever done i mean kurt and i co-wrote it co-directed and i edited it and we had kids we had animals we had hijinks it was just the most fun i ever had on the film it was like seas it was just like it was just fun like there was no pressure like you do a kid's film there's just not a lot of pressure because i mean it's a kid's film they're more forgiving than trying to do like a period piece in the 60s you know it's just I basically took everything I loved as about movies as a kid, like, you know, like home alone or just like, you know, the Goonies. And I, I, I put that in that film. Um, and, and it did so well. I mean, it showed on like HBO family for like ever. Wasn't it on um, stars did, too? Yeah. Maybe, yeah. maybe it was, it was stars family too. I, I, I can't fully remember and I'm sorry for that. Yeah. Um, uh, but it did really well. Like yeah. I got paid up, I got paid up front. So I didn't get any residuals of that, but, <laughs> but still, um, I think I saw it but, at Walmart on DVD on like an yeah. end calf. Yeah. Yeah. It, I mean, it was fully distributed and everything. And I'm just, I'm really proud of, of doing that movie. And we had talked about maybe doing another one. And then I had a kid and you know, life, yeah. <laughs> you know, um, but there's still, there's still possibilities to do, something else like that. And that's, sure. that's what, what I would ultimately uh, want to do um, is to do like the kids film like that, because 
that's I mean when I when I grew up to like like Bill you said like the just those 80s movies that you grew up and you yeah. loved you know like just the fun uh, adventure yeah through a child's yeah. eyes almost kind of this Spielberg yeah. type exactly exactly yeah. that's awesome uh-huh. yeah I I I just remember I I think I was so deep in the trenches with Hear Me Now I had I I I know very little about you working on that. Like, like you worked on hear me now for a little bit. And then, and then I was like in the trenches with hear me now. And then suddenly I saw that you had made this family feature. And I was like, when did he do that? I, I, <laughs> I have I been, have I been asleep in this cave working on hear me now for so long? <laughs> like, I don't know what's you going pro- on in the world. Yes. You, you, you probably were. I mean, it was, yeah. I think it was like a, just like a three week shoot, you know? And then, um, and then it was, um, probably the same amount of edit time. Yeah. But the thing is like with edit time, like I had to do a whole like music and audio mix with no dialogue. Cause then I had to send it to Mexico because Mexico will have to just take all that music and dial uh, or sound effects and then add their own dialogue. Oh, wow. That's a process exactly. that's new. I feel like. Yeah. It, it was a whole, it was a whole different experience for me. Yeah. Um, Cause like people from Mexico were calling me like, you know, like, uh, do you have a track without dialogue? <laughs> and I'm like, okay, here it is, you know? So they could wow. dub it in Spanish, right? Yeah, yeah, exactly. That's crazy. Interesting. Yeah, that's that's it, a, a thing you don't think about in the editing process is like no, no. that sort of thing. Yeah. In, internationalizing it. And you, yes, you filmed yeah. that whole project in three weeks? Yeah, I, I believe it was three weeks. I could be wrong, but I, I think it was three weeks. We shot at an actual, um, like a petting zoo called Little Ponderosa, which is in Clinton, um, uh, for like a week and a half, and then didn't, and then shot like another week and a half uh, in other locations. That's um, impressive. But it was like, yeah, it was a hundred thousand dollar budget. Um, but we got man, it was so fun because we hired everybody like out of Knoxville. We hired. Knoxville actors and um, Knoxville crew. And it was just, you know, you're, you're, you're working with your friends and there's not, uh, there's no ego or anything. It was, it was amazing. So speaking of that, like you, you are a big part of the Knoxville film community there. Um, We, we talk about Nashville here, obviously a lot, because that's, that's where we are. Um, But, you know, I, I've interacted a lot with the Knoxville community and I've, you know, I, I met most of them when we would go to the Gatlinburg Screen Fest back in the day, you know, like, oh, yeah, <laughs> I I'd yeah. met all those guys. And so um, talk a little bit about that community you've got there, because you, you all well, kind of work together on the same stuff. And I see a lot of like cross collaboration a lot with you guys. Yeah, yeah. I mean, a lot of people that worked on Little Ponderosa Zoo were from that Knoxville community. Yeah. I mean, I mean, it was a, I mean the pandemic really kind of kind of put the whole kind of film community kind of on like on mandatory hibernation or whatever. Yeah. But like when it was in its prime, like in 2010, um, like it was awesome. Yeah. I mean, it was just, uh, it was just so much talent coming from like, you know, good old East Tennessee. Um, uh, I mean, that's where I met my wife. Yeah. Uh, We were doing like, one of like the opening films for like the 24 hour film festival. And I was directing and she was an actress in the opener. Yeah. Um, but a lot of great films, uh, just kind of came out of that. 
and they and that led to like talk of doing bigger films. Mm-hmm. Um, it was just sort of like a, I mean, and you as far as like the National Film Festival goes, it, it's pro you know film festivals are a great way to kind of try out new things and kind of sort of like do a warm up before maybe to to jump on that that meteor project, you know? Yeah. It, it, and it's kind of that same way. You, you kind of, uh, uh, you know, meet people that, 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 you know, kind of want to do that bigger next thing. Yeah. You know, and then, and then you like, okay, you do a bunch of uh, short films and, and whatnot. And then you kind of pass the torch. Cause there's a lot of other people like younger filmmakers now mm-hmm. where I'm like, you know, I got a you know wife and kid now. Like I don't do this. We're, we're the old guys now. <laughs> yeah. We're the old guys now, but, but, but we, you pass the torch and you see younger filmmakers and you go like, wow, that's impressive, man. Yeah. Um, but that makes you proud. That makes you proud of your community. That makes you proud that it doesn't have to be in LA. Yeah. You know? Yeah, it's true. It's true. And, and like, I, I, I just love that. I love that Knoxville group. First of all, because it's, it's not as the Nashville film community has grown pretty substantially over the last few years with a lot of influx and transplants coming in, which is great, which is really great for the community, but it, it also makes it harder to know everybody and yeah. kind of collaborate with, yeah. you know, like I feel like y'all in Knoxville, it's like, your community is such a tight knit community. It's, it's like you, you've got like the family dynamic to the max, like in your film community. It, it is a hundred percent a family awesome. dynamic. Yeah. yeah. It's natural. It's natural light, you know? So. <laughs> yeah. Like we, we have that here still, but it's, there's so many like extra pockets now of, of people coming in. I can imagine. Cause I imagine a lot of people from New York are coming to Nashville. It's mo- it's a lot of LA people. Oh, is it too? Yeah, mostly. I would say mostly. Wow. Um, I so, believe that. Yeah, it's the housing market will tell you that. That's true. <laughs> it's crazy. <laughs> it's so true. Yeah, and it's it's funny. Like you mentioned, uh, you mentioned Brooks Benjamin. I mean, and and this is the power of networking. So I met Brooks uh, on Leto because he he played one of the the dudes like the goofy dude yep. and uh yep. and then uh, i i met brooks a little later when he had his feature boys of somerville at uh yep at the the gatlinburg screen fest and we talked and reconnected and then he reached out to me because he had seen hear me now and was like i see you had had worked with kids would you be interested in directing a book trailer for my my book my seventh grade life in tights and so yeah, then because he's a he's an author now. Yeah, he's an author. And then and then I I directed that. Um that was like my first foray back into like narrative type stuff after finishing Hear Me Now. So it was like a breath mm-hmm. of fresh air to do that that uh trailer. And then that was yeah. that was my trailer that like has I mean, kind of cleaned up with awards and yeah. things like I mean that was and then you saw it. Yeah. Corey saw the book trailer and hired me to do his lucky scruff ads for, <laughs> for his beard company. And yeah. so like the, the, the stepping stones, the, the networking. Yeah. The, like the spider web that just kind of reaches out and it yeah. connects through this community. It's amazing. Yeah. Even, even from Knoxville to Nashville, like just yep. Tennessee, you know, 
Like it's, yeah, it's awesome. Absolutely. It is awesome. Yeah. And we're, we're always like all the times we've sent footage to Knoxville <laughs> for you to work on <laughs> like physically mailed footage to Knoxville Yeah, on yeah. a hard drive in a box. <laughs> yeah. My, my favorite is I always love getting like packages from Zach Adams cause his his, his um, handwriting, writing, <laughs> yeah. his handwriting is like from a 12 year old, you know, <laughs> you always knew it was him. I love, I, yeah. You always knew it was him. I love you, Zach. He's the best. We, the we best. all have to get on here as a group and talk for like five hours. There you go. I don't think anybody would want to listen except our group. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> so you've, you've done so many different things, uh, editing, directing, writing what what's the most creatively fulfilling for you like personally like what what gets you on fire with all of these i mean i mean you know it's got to be editing um it's like you know it's that final phase in storytelling before writing and the actual you know before writing and actual production yeah it's just i mean it seems like everybody in our business at some point wants to direct i mean i remember went to a film festival and everybody's a director but i People asked me what I did. And I was like, I'm an editor. And then everybody wanted to talk to me, you know, yeah. uh, <laughs> they're in short every supply. Director, yeah. Yeah. Everybody, yeah. every director wants a good editor. Yeah. Um, and now I do it for a living and I, I love it. And you're I a phenomenal editor. Uh, thanks, Bill. Thanks, man. Yeah. I appreciate awesome. that. Um, and so, and one thing I've said this before on the show is that, um, you know, I edit full time as well. That's like, a, lot, a majority of what I do Monday through Friday, a lot of corporate stuff. Most of it, though, is stuff that I was either on set for or that I shot myself, which makes it a lot easier to think about the cut. And, you know, I know what I'm getting in there with uh, before I yeah. get into it. So one of yeah. my big just like kudos to people like you and other editors that that get all this footage they've never seen before and have to form a story out of it. Um, you know, you've got the context, but you've actually got to make sense of it all. Um, yep. You're not on set with it. You're not part of the shooting process. Um, and, and to me, that's always just like, man, because I, I don't do that. I don't do that a lot as an editor. I just think that's that's impressive. That takes a lot of like talent as an editor. I mean, I, I mean, it, 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 it does. And I, I appreciate you saying that, man. That means a lot. Yeah, man, for sure. And and that's like, that's all you do, right? It's just, you get all this footage from who knows that's where. That's all I do. And make a story that's out of it. That's all I do. Yeah. I cannot imagine like just getting a, a dump of hours of footage yeah. and seeing it for the first time and like, all right. Make a story. Yep. Get to work. Yep. Yeah. That was, that Tell was, that was really, that was natural rises. Hey man, here you go. Oh, natural rises, yeah. <laughs> and it, it was all my footage. <laughs> yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. We got we got Billy Bob Thornton to do the uh, the voiceover, but yeah, yeah, you're good, you're good. Just see, see what you can do. He's so good at that. Who's that? Yeah. No. Uh, oh, yeah, Luke doing the Zach impression. Yes, <laughs> so spot on. You're you're like I I've told Zach. Zach knows this, and he thinks it's hilarious because you know he's he's Zach. Everything's fun. <laughs> Everything's cool. Um, but, 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 but again, he gave me that, but he gave me confidence that I could yeah, do it. Yeah, absolutely. And I did it. He does him, that. He's so. a great coach, like a good, yeah. like pump you up kind of guy for sure. Absolutely. Absolutely. is. Yeah. Like the first time I really 
thought really hard about, you know, just the amount of people that are in your position have to go through on a daily basis was, was Wes human. I, I went out and I went out and visited LA like in 2004 and he had just moved out there and was doing editing work for like Bunham and Murray, which make the real mm-hmm. world and road rules. World, yeah. 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 And so he, he was like a, an editor on like the real world road rules challenge or like the gauntlet or it was like something like that. Uh, yeah. And I remember talking like to him about over. it. Yeah. Yeah. I, I was talking to him about it. I was like, what, like, what's the, exp- like, what's this footage you get? What's the experience like? And he was like, it's just hours and hours of really boring stuff. Like nothing <laughs> is happening. <laughs> and he's like, but, but they tell you, you know, the producer's like, like fine. Put these nuggets in there. Like these are the bits of drama. These are the, this is the narrative we're trying to tell. So, you know, that stuff is happening on set. Those notes are being taken. Um, Yeah. That's, that, that is certainly helpful when you get like that little bit of nuggets and you're like, okay, now, now I can find what, you know, what I can to cover those nuggets or find the music or find the scene. Yeah. You just need a starting point. Like the, the biggest fear an editor has is just a blank timeline. Yeah. Like when you start that first episode and there's just nothing there, it's, it's terrifying. It really is. <laughs> that That's no joke. E- even for me, uh, where, you know, a lot of what I'm editing, I've been there for, like, it's even hard for me, like seeing that blank timeline with a little cursor blinking. Yeah. Just like, especially a music video where it's like, how do I kick this thing off? It's like the yeah. most important shot in the world is that first shot. That first mm-hmm. cut, um, how how do we do that? How do we kick this off? And and you I'll like start with a white flash. <laughs> yes, <laughs> I, I I did that a lot back in the day. I still do sometimes. Not a star wipe, but a white flash. Man, but I, yeah. I I like I'll pace around the room. I like I'll listen to music. I'll go upstairs. I'll walk and stare at the screen some more. I'll pace some more. Like before I get that one that first cut laid down. That first shot in my timeline, I'm always just like, it, you're right. Like it's, it's, it's intimidating almost. You're like sweating about it. It is. But once it you is. lay that it first is. bit down, yeah, it, it flows. And you just build from there. Yep. Yeah, exactly. Yep. Now, Luke, do you, do you edit professionally in Premiere or? I, I edit in uh, me, Media Composer in Avid. Okay. Avid. Oh, which is weird. Cause I, I work from home now because of the pandemic. So I work like my computer system is at the office, but like they got me set up with this Teradici. So I edit on my computer at the office at home. Yeah, uh, It's very bizarre, but it, but it works. No lag or anything. No, no lag. Wow. I wish I so, could do that. I yeah, had to, I had to bring like the raids and everything home to my uh, house. That's brutal. Yeah, it's tough. <laughs> I have a like stack of raids on, like, on my seven desk. different drives. <laughs> yeah. You know, yeah, yeah, and you know, then I'm re- I'm also relying. I, I'm you know hoping and praying that a storm doesn't come through and zap my house and take out the company's. <laughs> oh jeez! <laughs> you know, ten years worth of footage. <laughs> <laughs> Because, I, I, you know, the office, it's much safer because they got all the, the generators and the backups and everything you need. But Are you like, editing? Are you editing in Premiere? I am, yeah. Okay. Gosh, I haven't, I haven't done Premiere since college. Like, really? Enigma was the first. 
Yeah, Narg Enigma was the first linear. Well, you were edit a Final Cut Seven guy for a long time. No, maybe that was. Maybe that was. No, that was Final Cut Seven. That's right. That was Final Cut Seven. I don't think I've ever edited in Premiere. Because yeah, think I've ever done it from. I learned. I learned in college on like Final Cut Four or Five or something like that, and then that was my go-to for years. I and I held on to Seven because Final Cut X was just iMovie on yeah. steroids and I, I had to I'm yeah. like I'm not I can't I don't have time to relearn how to use professional yeah. editing software I can't do this and so yeah. I switched over to Premiere I want to say like six years ago seven years uh-huh. ago um just out of necessity and I built my uh it's funny my my workspace in Premiere is built to look like Final Cut 7 <laughs> just just to ease me into it when well, I first started that's <laughs> no, that's no, that that's nice. That's nice to have that. Yeah, yeah. I I recently abandoned Premiere and made the switch to Resolve probably two months ago. Resolve Studio. Yeah. Oh, really? See, I I've, I've only worked with Resolve for coloring because I re- yeah. I colored Bandit and Little Ponderosa Zoo in Resolve. Yeah. I mean, it's a nice system. I mean, it's how how else editing in it. I, so I don't do anything super complex, mostly like music videos and short, like three to five minute commercial spots. So it's actually, okay. it's actually really easy. And I use the speed editor, like their little mini speed editor deck. So it's yeah, pretty straightforward. Well, I think, yeah. Okay. Cause I imagine it for like short form, it's, it's good yeah. to, to work with. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Cause then you just really quick go from cut to edit to color to deliver like you just like jump through the tabs and it's yeah like it, it's yeah. not as fancy as um premiere as far as integration with um like after effects after or, effects yeah. or things like that but for what i do it's right it hasn't crashed once <laughs> well, hey, there you go with your there 8k you footage with so. my yeah with my 6k and 8k red footage yeah wow yeah which is important. That, that's the that, that that's the benefit of Resolve. I remember it takes good. I mean that that amount of footage because we shot. I mean we're a little Ponderosa in 4K and Resolve had no problems. Yeah, and that was Which, like to be clear, that was a few years ago. So 4K yeah was was much harder to ingest back back yeah. then. Yeah, yeah. Final Cut yeah Final Cut Seven would be like no get away like you know? what is 4K? <laughs> yeah, because I would edit because yeah. I would edit in Final Cut Seven. Yeah, like. And then I would up, you know, I would uh, reconnect 4K in Resolve to color. I like, th- I like the mix workflow. Yeah, because I was so used to four, because I was like so used to Final Cut Seven, just yeah, you know, well, and just to get like, the story right. Yeah, and you don't, you don't want your software to slow you down. Uh, no, like because you're learning or whatever it might be. I mean, I, yeah. I honestly went over to Premiere kicking and screaming because. I was like, "Don't separate me from Final Cut." I'm so fat because you know I, I was I had been editing in Final Cut for at that point uh, twelve maybe twelve years, and so yeah. I had gotten it, so fluent and so fast with that program. I mean, I could but, speed but edit is, with that thing. But the thing is, Bill, if you know the aesthetics of editing, you can real you can learn a software. You can learn any software. Uh, and I did. I did. Yeah. There you go. There you I, go. I, I now I'm uh, I'm pretty speedy with Premiere. I mean, it, it just there took it took some time, but it, you know, I, I didn't want change. No. It was no, like having an change. old reliable car. No. Well, you need like, to drive yeah. this new car now because the old one doesn't take fuel. <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> so what would you say, like, this, this is the, the vulnerable question, as we call it, as I get into my NPR voice. What, is your, what would you say is your biggest failure creatively or maybe oh, biggest lesson learned? This is, ah, oh, man, this, this is, it was brutal. It was brutal, Bill. Um, I was doing, I was the director slash editor for like a commercial for this college, this Fountainhead College of Technology, which was a local college. Uh, my wife, Kristen was a producer. We did, we did one commercial and it went off without a hitch and everyone enjoyed it. And like the president and CEO who was a friend of ours asked if we could do another commercial with the same script, but do it sort of like a nerdy Star Trek theme. <laughs> so we did that shoot. Um, and I had all the footage on my desktop in a folder. And at the time I was like doing like two jobs. I was doing my full-time job, my side job, and then a third job, which was be- with this commercial. Yeah. So when I finished the side job or like any job, I, I, I kind of do like that cleanup, uh, you know, to start the next thing. So it was just like deleting stuff or moving folders and files and stuff that I didn't need. Oh it no. Tur- yeah. Turns out I oh, ended up going. deleting the footage of that shoot. Oh my God. And man, my stomach just dropped. I mean, I tried everything I could to recover that footage, you know, like just every software, like recovery from my, you know, trash bin, like no avail, you know? That makes it me upset like, just was, hearing that. Oh, man. I know it was That's the worst, awful. dude. It was the one of the worst feelings I ever had, and I just, I felt like I let Richard, who was the CEO, down. Like, and my wife, who was a producer, and all the cast and crew. And I, I remember just having to do because we were like at the Dream War, which was like the Dollywood uh, Hotel at the time, because we were like just getting up. Chris and I were just doing a little getaway. And I just remember having to make that phone call and tell him what happened. And he was just like in just disbelief. Uh, but, um, but he, I mean, I guess he, he sort of, I mean, he was like, okay, look, we'll figure it out. You know, let's just think about it. And I mean, I pretty much, I mean, Chris and I pretty much had to end up paying like the damages out of pocket. Oh no. And like to make matters worse, like Fountainhead had to permanently close shortly uh, shortly after i mean it was completely it was completely unrelated to the project <laughs> but, but like i felt like I, I felt like i never got to like redo or make it up to anyone because oh, i always thought like you know what i'll just make it up we'll just do another commercial you know i'll just do it for free and then it closed oh. um it was mainly because of like you know like you know political reasons yeah but I mean, so basically I just learned to just put my footage on the drive, make multiple copies, keep copies. Like that was my, but man, that was my biggest. Oh, my stomach <sighs> hurts now like that. I, I, I feel that. I, I feel that in my stomach. It's like, sickening. That's, that's so. Dude, it was, it was so bad. I've never done that, but I've, I've often worried about it. You know. I, I imagine you would have nightmares about that. Editors oh, yeah. have nightmares about that. Absolutely. And just like what would happen if, like I said before, if a storm zapped my house and yeah. I lost everything. Ugh. Yeah. That is, ugh, ugh. Every time there's a lightning storm now, I, I get scared, but not of the storm. I get scared about the raids. <laughs> that are, all the footage. All the have. footage I've got in my house. 
that's not that's the not, rage. That's not, but that doesn't belong to me. Yeah. <laughs> I, I feel like I feel like your else. your company is large enough. They could afford like some Amazon Web Services, like cold storage. Like you could have some offsite. Yeah. Right. Easier said than done. <laughs> <laughs> I, I I would love that. Yeah, that that make cool. things a lot easier to manage. Uh, so and then. If there's one piece of advice you could give somebody who's wanting to get into the business, uh, what would that be? Just the um, d- doing anything, not not just editing, yeah. but you know, whatever it might be. You know, I you know, I think at some point, everyone who wants to kind of be in this business um, kind of has that dream of kind of making it big. You know, like on a like a Spielberg or a Marvel scale. Yeah. You know. Um thing is something like on a smaller scale or like you, you, you still can have that same sense of accomplishment. You know, like I, you know, I always had that big dream, you know, but then I did that little Ponderosa movie or did Leto or just like did season with, uh, you know, my buddies with you, you know, yeah. like, and, and Zach and all, everybody. And that was so fulfilling, mm-hmm. you know, and cause here I was making a film with my friends and yeah. having a blast. Um, you know, like, and I never got like a big check or anything doing it. I just, I just had fun and, I, and I felt, I, you know, I just felt happy about doing that stuff. And even if I don't do another film after like little Ponderosa zoo, where I just felt so proud of doing, I'll be happy. Nice. So the takeaway is don't, don't just try to be the next Spielberg. Yeah. Do may, what, maybe do what's that'll fulfilling happen. for you. Maybe that'll happen. Maybe it won't. Maybe but, it won't, but. Yeah. Be fulfilled yeah. with what no. you're getting. You don't have to shoot for the stars, you know, shoot for the mountain, you know? Yeah. That's great. Wow. Less stress in life. <laughs> Ultimately. <laughs> it, it, is less, it, is, it is less stress. Yeah. Awesome. You want to move into the lightning round, Corey? <laughs> Luke's like, what? I, I was trying to, I was waiting for like a lightning sound effect. We don't, uh, we don't we don't have anything yet. Okay. So okay. we're like 32 33 episodes in. We still don't have still a, don't have a lightning <laughs> round. Yeah. That's hey. that's going to be the bit is just we say that at the beginning of every lightning round yeah. that we don't have hey. anything for it. Season 2. Season 2. Yes. That's true, yeah. This is still season 1, I guess. We'll we'll up the production value significantly <laughs> for season 2. <laughs> Print t-shirts and everything. Yeah, we got merch coming. Merch is coming. Merch is coming. All right. All right, here we go. Luke Dye. All-time favorite movie. The Goonies, no doubt. Oh, yes. Excellent. That is fantastic. All right, the last movie that you watched. Uh, Pee-wee's Big Adventure. I showed my four-year-old that movie. She loved it. She wanted the bike. Nice. All right, so that's – I like that. I'm curious. Did you start with the – uh, television series or did you just go straight to the movie we started with the movie then we went to the television series yeah. okay all right <laughs> Do, how did she react to large marge uh, well she was like on my back like hiding her um hiding her eyes because <laughs> i could tell you from my own personal experience as a four-year-old it terrified that scared the me, shit dude. out of me <laughs> it, it yeah. did it me too but she yeah. uh, she took it well which i was proud she didn't know it was coming that first time you just don't know what's coming. No. And I didn't want to say hide your eyes, kid. I'm pretty sure I ran out of the room and didn't watch the rest of the movie <laughs> for like the next 20 years. I didn't watch that. Uh, 
the, anything after. Nice. All right. Uh, favorite director. That is hard, man. Cause there's so many good directors and like, you know, you, you kind of fluctuate on that. Um, I gosh, if I had to say like, if I was to say like, Oh, this, if this guy makes a movie, I, I wouldn't miss it. Um, kind of right now it's like, it's Gareth Evans who made like the raid films. Ooh. Okay. Um, He's, he's kind of one that I'm like excited to see when it kind of what comes next. What else has he so done beyond the raid films? He's done some other, uh, it, uh, Marantau, which was right before the raid. And I think he's done like some television series. Uh, I think like the gangs of London, okay. uh, TV series, but I don't, I don't know. I think he's got a couple films scheduled, but I just, I, I like his, uh, I don't know. I like his action choreography and his intention to detail. So. I'm just kind of excited to see what, what comes next. What's next. Yeah. yeah. Cool. Uh, what about a favorite cinematographer? Um, I'm going to say, um, this is, uh, this is an odd one. Uh, Bruno, uh, Del Bono, who did the, he was a cinematographer for Amelie. Oh, okay. So he worked um, and with a very uh, long Jean-Pierre Genet. Yep. Yeah. And um, he did the Amelie and a very long engagement. And I just, I think they're beautiful films. And a lot of people don't know, I don't think, uh, he did, he was a cinematographer for like this, I think it was the sixth Harry Potter film, like the Half-Blood Prince. Oh. And if you watch that film compared to like all the other films, maybe say for like The Prisoner of Azkaban, like you can tell like every shot, every angle just felt like it was thought out rather than say like, Hey, let's put the camera here over next to this broom, you know, like just functional only. Yeah. Kind of thing. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I was just like, I, I remember seeing that film and going like, wow, like the, the, the cinematography, it was really good for being like the sixth film in a series. Yeah. Interesting. I, you know, I noticed that too. I, I didn't look into the, you know, unfortunately I didn't look into the crew. Um, to, to confirm that, but, but I, I kind of watched them all in succession in a short period of time. And I, well, I, I noticed I how they, they sort of gotten more stylish and kind of darker, the more, the further you go on. Yeah. Cause I think the the director didn't change, but then I, I noticed the cinematography did. So I was just like, okay, like yeah. maybe take notice. That's awesome. Huh. I'm going to have to go back and watch it in context there. Cause I definitely, I did not notice that. I didn't either. I wasn't, I wasn't a huge <laughs> Harry Potter fan, though. I, I wasn't I, either. I, I, I almost, like, gave up on it. Like, <laughs> I, someone gave me all his Harry Potter movies, and he was like, watch all of them. And so I, <laughs> I watched them all back to back to back, and I almost bowed out at the third one. Well, and then, you, and you then know, they like, started getting dark and kind of cool, and I was like, all right, well, maybe I'm going to stick well, it out. I wasn't either, and then I started reading the books, and I was like, okay, this is kind of interesting. I'm, I want to see what they do cinematically, Yeah, you know, with this, you know. Um, but I just remember, yeah, I remember one shot just in particular in this house, and it was just this low to high angle, and every and all the, all the actors were, like, looking over the balcony, and it was really blocked out well. And I was just like, I, I was like, that's really well done. Yeah. And so – that's that's when I thought of the cinematographer. And I looked at him. I was like, "Wow, that was the same cinematographer that did Amelie, which I love." Yeah, oh, that's awesome. Makes a lot of sense. It's good to make those connections because the, the the reason we have this question is because not an 
not enough people think about the cinematographer. It's always the director, no. right? Like that's who everybody yeah. thinks about. They're they're like the lead singer of the band. Like nobody knows yeah. nobody knows who the drummer is, but they know the <laughs> lead singer. Unless, unless you're a drummer, sure. unless yeah. well, yeah. Yeah, unless you're a drummer. drummer. Yeah, yeah. They're like, who hit yeah. that hi hat so well? Let me look that up. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> nice. All right, this one's a little easier. Coffee or tea? Uh, coffee black. Yes. Away I go. Nice. Hardcore. All right. Yeah. Pineapple on your pizza? You know, I don't order it, but my kid does. She just orders a pizza with pineapple and bacon. And then I'm always regretting it because I'll finish hers and go like, man, that was way better pizza than mine. Uh, <laughs> Corey uh, has a, he does not like pineapple on the pizza. No. So he keeps hoping people are going to be know, on this his side that we interview, and nobody has been this quite, like two The people. origin of this question is all just like my social experiment to understand, uh, like, because I've never tried it. So, like, give me all the shit that you want. But I definitely, you know, it, it was like strong a, no. Yeah, yeah. It's a it's a sweet versus salty kind of kind of thing. Maybe yeah. I, you know, I, I don't know. We got it. You have. We need Corey to try it on the show. For the first yes. time. Yeah. You need to do it live, man. We'll do that. When we when we do the film school Friday about catering. <laughs> yeah, when we talk about crafting. <laughs> crafting. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Crafting. <laughs> yeah. All right. Uh favorite camera. Man, uh, I'm gonna have to go like gorilla here and go like the Canon D series. Remember like this five D, the sixty D, the seventy? Yeah. Oh yeah. Because that's when like things were like happening filmmaking wise. Cause it was affordable. Like, and like right. everybody, like all the, all staples of like the Knoxville film festival community, like they just had, they, they all had those cameras and that's where like things were awesome during like film festivals. And yeah. Stuff, so, yeah. I'm curious, a little, si- little sidebar here of, of all the different um, television shows that you've worked on. Is there like any similarity in the, um, either camera manufacturer, camera model, or is it really just all over the board? It really is all over the board. Like the how to, um, the HTTV kind of shows, they were really kind of more uh, like a video feel. And then you do these murder docs and they, they're more of like the cinematic, um, I feel they're trying to trying to get a little classy. more of like a 30 versus 24 P. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, kind of feel. Got it. I don't know. Did that answer your question? <laughs> Not really, but that's okay. <laughs> <laughs> no, well, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. What, what are you, <laughs> and you, you actually, again. you actually may not know this. Like uh, when you get the footage, you may not even know like what it was shot on. I would guess. Oh no, I don't. Yeah. I, I really don't. Um, which is unfortunate. Uh, I'd have to, I'd have to look because we shot one short film with that camera. Oh man. Yeah, no, that's okay. What was the, so I I was talking about this earlier, the, the camera that you shot Leto on, was that the, that was the Vericam, the Sony? Yes, it was the Ver. I think it was the Vericam. Uh, you know, if you interview Matthew Bassoni and ask him, he could probably tell you. I'm sure. Yeah. <laughs> because because I, he, he took half my budget to rent that camera. Oh yeah, that sounds well, about right. I'm thinking like <laughs> I feel like that was the same camera they shot Collateral on the Michael Mann film. Yeah, I may. I think it was the Vericam, if yeah. I'm not mistaken. I think it was. That sounds like good budgeting. 
half on camera and lenses, the other <laughs> half on lighting. Yeah. Yeah. Half, half on building a set. <laughs> yeah. I mean, but that's, I mean, but I mean, it, it, but it, it looks did great. make it easier. Yeah, it yeah. did. And it was a lot of fun. It, it was a lot of fun. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Last question. Three films everyone should see before they die. Um, well, I'm my favorite film, The Goonies. Uh, die Hard. Like the original, the first, the Christmas version? Oh, yeah, the Christmas version. Yeah. <laughs> Which, of course. Um, you know, the, uh, God, man, the third, the third, I'm going to go like Way Rogue. And probably a film that a lot of people have not seen. It's called The Way Home. Because if anybody has a grandmother, they should see this movie and they will appreciate how much their grandmother did for them. Like, I don't think I've ever cried so much in my life. I will only watch it once and never watch it again. Oh, wow. But it's wow. called, it's, it's a film in like 2002. It's called the way home. And it just makes you appreciate how much, you know, your grandmother's do for you. Awesome. I've never, I, like the, the name sounds familiar, but I don't, I don't know if I've seen it. I've, I've not seen it. I feel like I'd remember yeah. it. <laughs> yeah, I feel like you'd, uh, you'd yeah. remember a movie if it had yeah. you breaking it, down. It, thinking it, about it, your grandma. it was, it was a, it was a, it's Korean. It's a, I think it's South oh, Korean. Okay. So, but um, yeah, it's just all subtitles. But man, <laughs> It'll wreck but it's, you. it's like what? Well, it's one of those like yeah, it's one of those like um, like wrecking for dreams. I mean, it's not like a wrecking for a dream, but it's one of those movies you watch once and you'll be like, okay, you're I like, have I'm to watch good. that again. Yeah, yeah, I'm good. Yeah. That's how I was about Schindler's List. Yeah, it's like, there you this go. is a phenomenal movie, but I never need to watch this again. Yeah, yeah, but that I feel like that's a movie that so everybody should see before they die to to just feel that love. Yeah, and then be like, okay, I'm good. Yeah, <laughs> every everybody needs that movie. That's their like once and then peace out movie. Yeah, yeah, yeah. this this impacted me, and now I'm good. That sounds like a good one, though. Yeah. Yeah. I'll check it out. I'll have to check it out. Yeah. Absolutely. Awesome. Well, Luke, thank you so much for joining us today. Yeah, man. It was good catching up. Dude, this was, this was a lot of fun. It was a lot of fun. We'll have you so. back on when we bring the whole group together. Just, <laughs> That's right. Season two. Season two. You know, Season two, a big yeah, round I, table. Yeah. Yep. And I will bring uh, a pineapple pizza for Corey. Yes. yes. Hopefully <laughs> I like it. Some Coffee we'll black. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, we could be coffee brothers. I'm big into coffee. There awesome. you go. Yeah. There you go. We'll, we'll leave links to all of your things in the show notes today. Uh, and for our listeners, we know you have a lot of podcast options. We appreciate you choosing us. Uh, make sure you check us out on Instagram at InFocusPod or online at InFocusPodcast.com. And if you like what you heard today, go ahead and subscribe. And if you're on Apple Podcasts, Please leave us a rating. It would help us out a ton. A ton. A ton. And until next time, feed your crew. Feed them something delicious. Yes. <laughs>